dance and do it better unto the Lord. Give him praise. Put your hands together. Somebody celebrate Jesus. He's ready of praise. He's ready of thanks. Ready of worship. Ready of adoration. Hallelujah. Lift up your Bible. Say, this is my Bible. It is the word of God. I believe what he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. I am not a hearer only. I am a doer of the word. I believe the word. I love the word. I love hearing the word. I love listening to the word. The word of God blesses me. Wave your Bible and shout a big amen. God bless you. Please be seated. I'm going to speak briefly this morning on what I started last week, Sunday. Um, this month is a month of wealth, kingdom wealth. Oh, I thought you'd be excited. But it's a month of kingdom wealth. Hallelujah. God, hello? God is taking you to a new dimension of your life. Say that amen again. And um, last week I started a topic on Jesus the businessman. I'm going to do part two of Jesus the businessman. Tell somebody Jesus the businessman. Say it well. Say Jesus the businessman. Hallelujah. Please take note of this very important statement I'm going to make. This morning, one of the things we'll be doing, we'll look briefly at what it means to work for God because it was my main emphasis last week and the benefits we have working for him. But it's important for us all to understand that every child of God is responsible for activating favor in your life. I see many people who make it look like favor is an act of a miracle so it must happen to you yes there is favor that comes as a result of a miracle a miracle happens by the sovereign act of god but even in the sovereign act of god there is something we call the responsibility of man but when it comes to favor you can actually program your life into favor you can program your life into working in the favor of god there is favor before God and there is favor before men. So when you read the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26, the Bible says, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26, the Bible says that, and the, and the, and the boy Samuel grew on and was in favor with both with God, the Lord and also with men. And the boy Samuel grew and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men so favor is an act that cannot be discounted you can have favor before god and may not necessarily translate into having favor before men yeah you can have favor before god you can have favor before men and it will not mean necessarily that you are favor before god if you are a pop star or you are a celebrity i don't even know now the definition of a celebrity because in ghana everybody's a celebrity hey you go on facebook right now and naked yourself i tell you by tomorrow morning 
you'll be the latest celebrity in town. But if you're a celebrity, you have pay, favor before people. You get into a trotro, most likely somebody will pay for you. you are, that's an act of favor. But it does not necessarily mean that you are favored before God. But it is important for you to understand that there is what we call favor before God and favor before men. Even Jesus in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. In Luke chapter 2, verse 52, the Bible says that and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. So Jesus had favor before God and had favor before men. Life success, I believe strongly, it is possibly over 70% an act of favor. Life's success or the testimonies of success, I believe strongly or probably even more that at least it will be 70% an act of favor than any other thing. Because that you have a degree or a PhD does not necessarily mean that it shall be well with you. There are people with professorship and they don't see anything in life. So when God makes it happen for you that you have nothing but somehow you knock every door and they open for you, it is an act of favor. May God give you a blessing that is toppled and you know decorated with favor for you in Jesus' name. Somebody lift up your hand and say favor. It is also important for you to know that favor is not an automatic response for a Christian. Favor is not an automatic response to a Christian. That the fact that I'm a Christian, automatically I have favor. No. It is not an automatic response. So the day I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, automatically I receive favor. You see, just like healing, just like deliverance, just like um, salvation or God's blessings, there is, God has made provision for every blessing in the word of God through the death of Christ. So there is provision for favor. There is provision for healing. There is provision for deliverance. There is a provision for every good and perfect However, it is not an automatic thing that it will happen. You must activate it. God has made provision for it. It's like we walk into this room and there is, the lights are off and the room is dark. Meanwhile, ECG has not cut our power. There is provision for light. But for us to be able to have illumination, what do we need to do? We need to turn on the light. In the same way, God has made provision for us, but we need to know how do I turn it on? May God give us insight and wisdom in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. This morning, I'm speaking briefly on the aspect of Jesus the businessman in connection with what we need to do with him as a businessman. What do we need to do and what are the benefits available for us? So, if I'm going to activate his side of a businessman that blesses, what do I need to do? Number one, number one, put God first in your life and everything you do. If you are going to work with him and be blessed, you are going to work with him and benefit from him. Experience financial favor. Experience his blessing. Experience divine returns. In your work with him, then put God first. Somebody say God first. Say it louder, say God first. 
Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, God first. Amen? So put God first in everything you do in your life. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore unto thy fathers unto this day. So Deuteronomy was saying, or Moses was saying to the children of Israel, and you see, when it comes to covenants, and it comes to God's relationship with man, one of the books I like so much is the book of Deuteronomy. Because the book of Deuteronomy gives us God's blueprint when it comes to covenant. It is in Deuteronomy that most of the times you see the business side of God. He says that you do this, I'll do this. Don't do this. If you do this, this will be the effect. Don't go there. Don't do that. Do this here. Do that here. This is how you should relate with people. This is how you should relate with God. This is how you should relate with your enemies. So Deuteronomy sets a very good foundation. So God says that if you are going to be blessed, then one of the things you must do is that you must always remember the Lord your God. Somebody say remember. He says, for it is he that gives you power to get wealth. Get to the point in your life where you know beyond the shadow of death that if your life will make any progress, it will take God. If you will ever see anything good tomorrow, it will not be by might. It will not be by power. It will only take the grace of God. Jesus puts it this way in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What does it mean to remember God? It means to seek God first. Put God ahead of everything you do. Don't put your business before God. Don't put your marriage before God. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Church, are you here this morning? I said don't put anything before God. Let God be first. What it simply means is that if I have to choose between God and my wife, I love her, I love my family, but I will choose God. If I have to choose between money, going for money this morning and going after God, which one is your choice? I have to choose God. You say, oh, but Bishop, if I get the money I bring to God, what you forget is that God is the owner of everything. There is nothing in this life which does not belong to God. Everything belongs to him. He is the creator of all things. You seek him, he gives you more than enough. You go after him, he gives you more than you can ever carry. This morning, it is my prayer for you that you seek God and find him in the name of Jesus Christ. Can I hear somebody say a better amen? Number two, serve God with joy and gladness. Serve God with joy and gladness. Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. Verse 47. Let's go there. Deuteronomy 28. Verse 47. And can we read it together? Ready, go. No, 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 no. no. We are reading it. Please, let's read it together. Ready, go.
souls. So what he's saying is that because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. What it means also is that if you serve God with joyfulness and gladness of heart, you will get the abundance of talk to me church. You get the abundance of I heard only those on this side. You have the abundance of what? Somebody say all. Does it include money? Oh, does all things include good marriage? Are you sure? Does all things include CDs? All things include having plenty children. All things including visa? Don't make God into an ATM machine. That anytime you have you need money, you take your car, you walk to the ATM machine. Pink, 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 pink. You take the money. When you finish, what do you do? You walk away. Oh, but the ATM machine, the, the, the rain is falling on the ATM machine. You won't protect it. Is that your business? Come on, talk to me. Is that your business? You don't care. Do you care? You just don't treat God like that. If you serve Him with joyfulness of heart and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, can I say this to somebody this morning? The poorest person in church, look at me, everybody. Stop writing, look at me. I want you to hear what I'm going to say and don't ever forget it. Are you ready? The poorest person in church can serve your way to abundant riches. No matter how poor you are, the poorest person in the church, you can serve your way into abundant riches. If you can serve with joyfulness and gladness of heart, I don't care how poor you came in. The word of God is true you will have abundance of all things. Let there be a release in your life in the name of Jesus. There are people who have come to God with nothing. In fact, some with a negative balance. All we knew was to serve God, serve Him with joy. One one day somebody asked me, Bishop, so when people come sometimes away, you call these people, they come at dawn. Sometimes they come in the afternoon, they come at night. They come, you know, this morning. Sometimes we come in the morning by 6 a.m., 5 something a.m., right? Yes. And we start praying around that time. And sometimes you come and these young people and sometimes elderly people praying. And what, somebody asks me, so Bishop, okay, if you're oh, now I'm a mobile. It's like, don't you feel pity for them? I look at the person, I say, I don't feel anything. Why should I feel pity for somebody? For serving God. I told the person, I wish we could even do more. Because there are some people from where you have come from, the only way by which you go to the top is not another certificate, it's by serving God. And when you serve Him, He will lead you into the abundance of all things. Oh, that is why. I, I feel sorry for you if you don't do anything for God. Ask somebody, what do you do for God? What do you 
No, no, don't let the person intimidate you with your face. Huh? Don't let any gray hair or any mustache intimidate you. Ask the person, what do you do for God? What do you do? I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Are you here with me? If you can serve him with joyfulness of heart, oh, it is just a matter of time. Abundance of all things. You get to the place where what you did not, you, what you've never prayed for, God is giving to you. If you said amen, be, receive that in the name of Jesus. I said you will get to the point where you have not prayed for it. You have not prayed that God let me go to America. But one day you get an American visa and you ask, what, do I, what am I going to do with this one? <laughs> and there are people who are in a certain church praying every morning, morning, afternoon, evening. Oh, visa A, visa A, new job, visa A. And you, you have not prayed for it. But you are, all you have done is to serve God. And God has given it to you and you don't know what to do with it. That shall be your portion in the name of Jesus. As you serve God, some of you, you will build houses. I said, you will build houses without sweat like this. You will build it in the name of Jesus. As you are serving God, some of you, you will own lands without the, without the suffering of any land guard in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody lift up your hand and shout, Lord, I want to serve you. Say it again. Say, Lord, I want to serve you. Amen. Look at verse 48. He says, therefore, because you did not serve, you did not serve for the abundance of all things. God says that, therefore, thou shalt serve thy enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee. When you don't serve God, you see, in this life, everybody will serve something everybody whether you say you don't believe there is god you believe there is god whether you are whatever everybody will serve something if you don't serve god you will serve something the fact that you receive christ as your lord and savior will not exempt you yes you will go to heaven but you can go to heaven as a suffer man yeah you are holy but there are holy suffer men you are righteous I thank God for your life. I know you are a holy man of God. I know you are a holy woman of God. You've never fornicated. It's good. You've never stolen before. You've never lied. But you can be holy and still suffer. Yeah. Because you are holy. Holiness does not exempt you from suffering. That is why Job was a holy man. And yet he suffered. Jesus was holy. He suffered. So holiness does not exempt you. But if you want a better life, the way to get a better life is to serve God. I'm not say, listen, holiness is important. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. But all I'm saying is that being holy is not enough. Add to your holiness serving God. Add to it. If not, the Lord says that you will serve your enemies in hunger and thirst and nakedness, poverty 
is a punishment for not serving God. Look at this. For those who have traveled a little, like um, some of you who get opportunity to travel to other places. Even in Ghana, communities where there is a lot of Christianity, watch it. There are more jobs. Yeah? Yeah? Watch it. Communities where there are more of like our brothers, our cousins. You know our cousins. Watch the communities. There is more filth. Huh? Is it true? No, why are you pretending like? Is it true or not? Yeah. So, serving God opens you up to a different world of blessing. So when you come to church and your life is not engaged in any way of serving God, you are harming yourself. You are destroying your life. You've never been an usher. You've never been a chorister. You've never been um, a greeter. You've never been, what else? An intercessor. You've never been in the tambourine department. You've never been, you've never done anything in church. you, You don't do anything. You are a VIP church member. Yeah. You are a special VIP church member. You don't do anything for God. There was a woman in the Bible, Anna. She was 80, was it 84 or something? And she was still working as an intercessor in the church. How old are you? You have graduated. No, no, no. We don't graduate. We will only graduate when we go to heaven. Can I hear somebody say an amen in church? It's obvious you don't like my message. Yeah. But I'm talking about Jesus the businessman. Yeah. We will only graduate when we go to heaven. Sometimes you come to church, oh, and I'm resting small. I want to rest. What have you done? How, how do you rest from a work you have not done? And others are serving and God is blessing them. There is a testimony of a video Bishop Taki showed us the last time he came to preach in Jowulu. How many of you saw that testimony? How many of you were there? Oh man, I need to get it. It's on YouTube. I need to ask him for it and show it to you one day. A lady was giving a testimony in Nigeria. He said that she's a big, I think she was an oil person or something, and she lost everything. And she said she came to church. Big woman, oh, big woman. She said she came to church, decided to be an usher. She joined the evangelism team. They'll go out for average from millionaire, come down to sweep church, clean church, do things, go for evangelism. He said something happened. She was one day somebody called her that somebody wants to see her. Somebody wants to see her. By the time she realized, she's seen and seen the biggest man in Nigeria. And then after that, guess what? He said, "As I'm speaking to you now, I own private jets." You don't serve God and be a loser. I prophesy over your life: you will not lose in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your hand and shout a big amen. Some of you men, when your wives are serving God, you complain. You don't want your wife to be in church. You want her to be a slave queen. Okay. Yeah. Me, me, I don't want a lady who is too creepy. You don't want a lady who is too creepy. So what do you want? I, I, me, me, I want somebody who is, who is real. What is more real than what we are doing? Huh? 
Because the person is in church. The reason why, Mr. Man, the reason why the demons in your family have not slapped you yet is because of the prayer of that wife. And the commitment and the service of that wife. And, 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 and you go to church and, and, and I'll go to church and then you are always accusing your husband and your husband is praying too much and, oh my, and, and you don't make her sleep and you are always praying you are always praying hey other men other women are in church praying that God I beg you let my husband go to church once in a year other women their husbands their husbands are sleeping with everything in skirts you yours is in church you are complaining when you become a fruit-bearing Christian, you will see blessings that eyes have not yet seen and ears have not yet heard. A fruit-bearing Christian will automatically become God's favorite. Someone says, oh, God, God, God is not partial. Oh, really? <laughs> it's not true. God has favorites. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. That David sinned and God said, Charlie, cancel it, this one, we will not record it. And Saul did not commit half of that sin. And God said, no, no, we will hold it against you. <laughs> Who told you God doesn't have a favorite? God has a business. He has two children. One of his children have devoted his whole life to take care of his father's business. The other one is just waiting for his father to die so that he can take the property. Ah, you think the father will love them the same? Talk to the church. The father will love them the same? No. Jesus said that I have called you and ordained you that you should go. Go and bear fruit. Let your fruit remain. And then when your fruit remains, you shall ask the father whatever, whatever you ask the father in my name, it will be yours. You want favor with God? You want financial favor? I bet you, make a covenant with God today that I will bear fruit. You bear fruit, you will bear fruit. You bear fruit for him, he will make you bear fruit in this life. Ah, you did, did you hear what I said? I said you bear fruit for him, he will make you to bear fruit in this life. So, devote your life to become a fruit-bearing Christian. Lift up your hand and say, Lord, help me to bear fruits. Come on, talk to me. Somebody say, Lord, help me to bear fruits. Amen? That is what the word of God says. There are, when you see that God has blessed somebody out of nothing, made him something don't just stand by and just say he's lucky there is nothing like luck in the kingdom there is nothing like that there are some of the young guys i see around you know i, I just laugh sometimes i see them sometimes i say that this one is another giant in the making sometimes i see them and they are running around they are going we call them come they come they go they go do this they do i watch them sometimes and i just laugh i know that this one it's just a matter of time this is greatness in the making and there are some of you just be consistent just be consistent I'm telling you your greatness will be unstoppable if your amen was the loudest you would have gotten a part of your blessing 
I said your greatness will be unstoppable. Somebody lift up your hand and shout, I am unstoppable. Bear fruit. This month, this week, bear fruit. Speak to somebody about Christ. The least you can do is to tell the person, Imra, I want to invite you. That's the least you can do. At least you know that when you come, somehow an altar call will be made. Can, can I invite you to church today? He said, oh, I don't have a dress. Oh, 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 I wear the same size with you. I'll bring you a dress. He said, oh, my shoe cries. Oh, don't worry. Take my shoe. You remove your shoe, then you give it to me. He said, but what about you? He said, oh, don't worry. I'm okay. <laughs> no, it is not a way to make pastor excited. It is a way to raise your life. It is a way to raise your own life. Raise your life. Raise the standard of your life by bearing fruit. You bear fruit, God does not leave you poor. You bear fruit, He blesses you. You bear fruit for Him, He blesses you. You bear fruit for Him, He blesses you. David said, I have been young. Now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Hey, this Raymond standing here, I didn't used to be like this. Thank God some of you knew me. Oh yes, you knew me. You said, oh, we know him from circle. It is true. And I am not ashamed of where I've come from. I have, it is, I didn't get any help from University of Ghana. I didn't get help from any school. It is just by bearing fruit that God had mercy on me. May God also have mercy on you. Amen? Tell somebody I'll bear fruit. Oh, you are not convincing. Tell the person, I will bear fruit. Amen? Now, quickly, if you're going to bear fruit, there are a few things you should be able to know or you should know. Hmm? When you step out for evangelism, there are things, basic things you should know. When you go, you say, oh, I don't even know how to talk to people. When you meet people, greet them. Imagine you are, you are going somewhere. Pastor James, come. I'm going somewhere. So you stand there. Yeah. I'm going somewhere and I meet him. I want to talk to Pastor James about Christ. Good morning, sir. How are you, sir? All right. So that's the first thing. Greet him. Nobody, nobody will slap you for, <laughs> for greeting. Assuming, they even, assuming he even slapped me, I don't know how to talk to people. But you greet. So good morning. So good morning. Then the next thing. Oh, how are you doing? You, you exchange pleasantries. How are you doing? Oh, my name is. Then you introduce yourself. My name is Raymond. If you're an elder or something, or a pastor, and you go to evangelism, don't, don't be mentioning titles. Eh? When you go, you say, oh, my name is Bishop. <laughs> Bishop, Reverend, Apostle, Dr. Raymond Aqua. no, no. You, you, are, you are spoiling the matter. By the time you finish the title, the person knows that, no, this one is on my level, please. 
Yeah. When I go for evangelism, I've never gone for evangelism and called myself bishop before. Sometimes the people see you and they say, ah, are you not the, the bishop or something? And I say, yes, I am. That one, I won't say I'm not. All right, but don't go mentioning your title. That I'm elder so, so and so. I am deacon so, so and so. I am, you know. So, my name is Raymond. And um, I want to take two minutes of your time, if it's possible. So, maybe I'm going somewhere. So, I won't, I won't, I won't waste your time at all. Some people realize that you are coming to preach the word of God. They will tell you, no, they have something to do. So, oh, I won't waste your time at all. Just give me two minutes of your time. I promise I'll be done in a minute. I just want to talk to you about salvation. Don't say I want to talk to you about church. Most people in Mataiko go to church. If they don't go to church, they have a church they identify with. Sit down. Is that okay? Yeah. Some of them, they've not been to church for the past two years, but they have a church. Some of them will tell you they, have, they were baptized. Is that okay? So, you don't say I want to talk to you about church. You say, I want to talk to you about Jesus or I want to talk to you about salvation. And sometimes, depending on the demand of the person, you can even ask the person, are you saved? Don't ask the person if you're a Christian. Because in Ghana here, over 70 something percent, almost 80 percent are Christians. So, once the person is born into, by a Christian parent, they believe they are Christians. So don't ask people, are you a Christian? They will say yes. But you, ask people, you can ask people, are you saved? If they say yes, what does it mean? Well, how, how do you know you are saved? If the person is able to express himself and say it very well, there was a man I met over here one time when I asked him that question, are you saved? And he said yes. And I asked him, what does it mean to be saved? Charlie, the guy was a strong believer. He gave me and then he told me about the Holy Spirit baptism and I was listening to him. When we finished, we became friends. Apparently, he's actually an assistant pastor in a certain church. You know. But then, some of them, they will claim they go to church, but they don't even know what it means to be saved. They will be saying that, oh, I do good. You know. You know. Three weeks. No, but even some of you in church, it's a miracle that three weeks you have not even fornicated. Yeah, I'm just... <laughs> don't, don't look at your left or right. If you look at somebody, just look straight. Don't, don't, don't look for trouble for yourself. But there are some people in church for three weeks now. They've not fornicated. And that one is a miracle. Congratulations, my sister. Three weeks without fornication. Congratulations. <laughs> are you in church I'm still preaching so you ask them and then when they give any answer don't tell them no 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 you are wrong so you know it means that they say something on fact you don't say oh no 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 Mr. wait wait here no you are not there to judge people or to tell whether they are wrong or right when they speak and they say all the things they want to say, they, all the non-fat they say, then you tell them that, look, I want to also add something to what you have said so that we can know exactly what the word of God says about salvation. Write down these things I'm going to tell you. It will help you when you speak to somebody. Amen? So first of all, you let the person know that we are all sinners. Let the person understand that, look, we are all sinners. We lie. We do things that are unrighteous. 
there are times you go wrong and things like that so the problem of sin is always with man and the bible says that in romans chapter 3 verse 23 where the bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god is that okay yeah so you let the person understand that we are all sinners and therefore the glory of god we have missed the glory of god amen and then the next thing you let the person understand that sin brings punishment sin brings punishment romans 6 23 the wages of sin is death so let the person understand that sin brings punishment so when we sin we go to hell when we sin we go we die and that death it's not just a physical death but spiritual death so you let the person understand that if your sins are not forgiven as you are there even though you are alive physically spiritually you are dead okay and then see or the next one then you let the person understand but god loves us in spite of our sins amen romans chapter 5 verse 8 whilst we were yet sinners christ came to die for us whilst we are yet sinners christ came to die for us so our sins which we're supposed to pay punishment for christ have taken the punishment for us by dying on the cross that death was our death but jesus died for us and then you let the person understand the next step is that the death of christ have given us the free gift of salvation romans 6 23 the last part the gift of god is eternal life so that is the gift of god amen and then uh, you now come to the point where you make the point to the person how do we access this forgiveness and the free gift of god romans chapter 10 verse 9 if you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart you shall be saved romans chapter 10 verse 13 says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved so we tell the person that you can you can also be saved your sins can be forgiven you can receive jesus and then you finally ask the person so do you want to be saved you ask the person would you want your sins to be forgiven do you want jesus to forgive you your sins most likely god being with you the person will say yes and then what do you do you now lead the person to pray the sinner's prayer you know how to pray the sinner's prayer church you know how to pray the sinner's prayer just like what we do the sinner's prayer must not necessarily be the same thing that bishop recites on the pulpit but it must have certain elements acceptance of the fact that the person is a sinner or we are sinners acceptance of the fact that jesus came to die for us and then the confession that you know you receive him as your lord and savior so you now lead the person lord jesus forgive me all my sins i know i'm a sinner i cannot save myself blah 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 and then amen when you finish then you tell the person i want to pray for you you ask the person is there anything 
you want me to pray for you about maybe the person may say i'm sick the person may say i'm going through this problem don't be afraid pray for the person all right then you pray for the person that god heal this brother heal this sister do this for them do this for them and then you pray for the person when you finish then you now invite the person to church you now tell the you now talk about your church that i'm coming from perez chapel you don't start by saying i'm from perez chapel but when you finish then you now say that coming from perez chapel this sunday it will be lovely my bishop will be glad to see you i would love to have you in church you know and then you wrap give the person all the wraps you can tell the person that oh when you come to our church our church is the liveliest church in the whole of town our church is a nice place oh is it not true oh talk to me is it not true tell them that oh your church you have nice choirs you have you have wonderful choirs when they sing angels come down oh you tell them that your church you have wonderful pastors tell them you have a young pastor be in the church he's called pastor james Eh, the only have cast pastor in Mataiko. <laughs> Amen. You tell them, oh, you have a bishop be in church. Your bishop, how hard you? But you open it. Ah. <laughs> Amen. And then you invite them to church. But just in case the person does not allow you to even preach the word of God to the person. If it's a tract you have, you give it to the person. You take the person's number, you tell the person, I would like to call you and invite you to church. If the person wants to go away quickly, so you cannot make time for all these things, you quickly do that. But this person you speak to, you take the person's phone number, you take the person's name, give the person your number, and promise the person you call the person. When you promise you call, make sure you call. Are we together? And it will be a blessing to your life. Give Jesus a mighty clap of praise. Amen. The last thing I wanted to write, number four. I'm just going to read a scripture and then I'm done. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Number four. How to access God's blessings or Jesus' blessings as a businessman. Proverbs chapter 3, and verse 9 and 10. It says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of thy increase. Honor the Lord with your substance if you are going to attract god's blessings you are going to attract divine favor to walk in blessings one of the things please listen to me one of the things you should never joke with is your tight and your giving somebody say tight and giving say it again say tight and giving tight when you pay your tight you call god into a covenant you make a covenant with him. And when you make a covenant with God, you know that as for God, he will not break it. Is that correct? So anybody who don't pay your tithe, you are not in covenant with God. But pay your tithe, and you have a covenant of blessing with God. I believe that this year, somebody will see Jesus, the businessman, acting on your behalf, making a way for you where there was no way in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, if you are clapping your hands, clap it well. Are you blessed this morning? Are you sure you are blessed this morning? Before we leave this morning, I want you to bow down your head. Let's pray. 
If you are here this morning, your sins have not been forgiven you. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Your sins have not been forgiven. You are not sure that even if you die today, you go to heaven. And you want your sins forgiven. If you are like that, please lift up one hand and I'll pray with you. You want your sins forgiven. You want your sins forgiven. You are not sure if you die today, you go to heaven. Yes, you are upstairs, you are downstairs. Lift up one hand. I'll pray with you. Say, Bishop, I want my sins to be forgiven. If anybody is like that, please lift up one hand. Yes. Yes, your hand is up. Please stand to your feet. Stand. I'm going to pray with you. Yes. Stand. I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. You want your sins forgiven? Take your Bible. Take your bag. Take your Bible and whatever you came with and come to me in front here. Come. I'm going to pray with you. Come. Come. Yes. Come. Ushers, help them to come. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you. You want your sins forgiven? Church, let's put our hands together for them as they come. Oh, keep clapping your hands for them as they come. Yes, she's still coming. Keep clapping, keep clapping your hands. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Lift up your hand with me, please. Church, let's all lift up our hands. And if you are watching us on Facebook, also you want to pray this prayer with us. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, I cannot save myself. Forgive me all my sins. Wash me with your blood. Come into my life. Make my life a testimony to those who know me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hand on your chest. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you establish these ones in your kingdom. Make them a blessing. Let them never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen.